Okay. Hey, it's Alex Gubay here with another episode of List My Products e-commerce podcast. Today, I am excited to be joined by Matt Blanchett. Matt, how's it going? Doing well. How are you? Great. So Matt is actually on like, a, um, you know, a, a train of thought right now. Don't let me derail him. He's talking about, we start talking about how's experience in uh, tech background. And he started talking about the current state of tech businesses in general. Um, and I don't want to interrupt you. Matt, please continue. <laughs> Definitely. So where I where I came from, like we were just kind of talking, I've done work with a lot of different businesses, small, medium sized businesses, small to medium sized enterprise. And it was largely I grew myself on the opportunity to solve bigger problems, make more money. And a lot of people really that I've met are very much in alignment with that in the technology sector. And what I really came to kind of real realization around was man, I don't think we're, I don't think we're actually helping. (laughs) I don't, I don't think that everybody's just stubborn egos thrown into this unregulated pot. I don't think we're making progress. I think we're making a lot of, you know, investment capitalists. I think we're making a lot of um, upper level people, a lot of money, but when it comes to being on the ground and as I've gone through my own personal journey of just working with other small kind of going up and down as I've tried to then fit myself into where do I want to be? Because I can solve problems, but I'm not so much this aggressive salesman that's just going to, you know, land the deal and, you know, smooths and booze, so to speak. I, I want to make sure that my values are in alignment with success. And I've got kind of disillusioned, if you will, as I work with businesses and we don't really see that always be the culmination. <laughs> What really got kind of got me flustered, if you will, was we were working on a project and it's probably the most successful project we'd ever done. Basically, we took a company from about $60,000 a month in online sales to 180000 tripled it in a matter of about four months. And those guys we, must have been happy. I tell you they what. They were very happy for the short term, for the short term, while everybody's there and everybody's just hanging out, you know, everybody's happy. Shoot but Exactly. But give it to the medium about, you know, eight months, a year, two years. We started to really run into contention and a lot of friction with this client because we were we were selfishly taking credit for their success. You know, and I think a lot of people in technology are doing that right now where they're like, our technology is what's you know going to save you. Our technology is going to keep everybody afloat through the pandemic, our technology. It's just our, 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 our. And it's just like, when do we take a step back and say, man, these customers, <laughs> they're not doing so hot. You know, they haven't been trained to even taking a step back. What I've identified to be kind of the two premises of success are you have to have internal, exp- internal perspective rather paired with an external experience. And what that means is you have to have somebody on the inside, an operator, if you will, who can really be in alignment with the internal vision of a project, be in alignment with the operational just day to day of their business, and then interface with somebody who has external experience. That's usually what's going to generate the best project result. And we would come in with the external experience. We've done things in a lot of ways, explored a lot of different projects, a lot of different problems from a lot of different angles. And we can really, you know, provide a lot of value in that external experience. 
the problem comes in when you walk away. And that was always my biggest frustration because like I was saying, there's not many problems that were given to me that I couldn't solve. And I got a big head because I'm like, man, I'm solving them. I'm, <laughs> I'm just making, you know, like we're saying the 60 to 180,000, that was big on my pride. You know, I, it's like, man, I, that was awesome. I'm awesome. But they're awesome. They had an awesome. But my realization was much more so these guys are awesome. Like the they have an awesome business. They have an awesome model. They're in alignment with their customers. They have great attitudes. They have a great support team. We can't just us as a marketing agency can't just walk around and just transplant success on the guise of technology. It doesn't work. There is no magical formula that's just going to save the world. And, you know, I'm no code, low code. I'm a huge proponent of it. But even in the development of those spaces, I'm just seeing a lot of sales first kind of investment capitalist mindset where it's like, we're not building to solve problems. We're building to establish customer bases. And that's very, very backwards. So what I've kind of tried to position around more so in the last year, I've really- Wait, Hold up, hold up. Before we get to yeah, the next steps, I want to say I love that. And I want my audience to really think about that because I've never had someone come on and talk like this before. If I'm hearing you quick, you're talking about the tech taking credit and let's think about it. Like to go any, all the business owners who watch this, you go from zero to 10K a month, you know, zero to 5K a month, you know, you're just getting started. That is the most important step, right? Now, if you springboard, you learn how to, you know, optimize your website, you know, uh, distribution partnerships or uh, have a really targeted advertising campaigns that take you from 10K to 100K, obviously that is 10X, right? That is a order of magnitude, 10 times what you started it with. But what I'm hearing from Matt is, that zero 10k is really the most important price the first step right that business just don't get I, I want everyone to hear this or i know a lot of you guys are interested in growth but don't don't lose that thing that makes you special providence pond in rhode island i'm talking to you you know i know you guys very well i love you guys uh, i just i just I, I just connect with that you know i really like that point man so as you're transitioning please tell me you know what you, you're about to talk about there and also you know, what you see and, you know, what you're working on now, you know, as a platform and all that. And I, I don't want to interrupt, but just, I love that. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Um, what I'm trying to move people into is the idea of self-sufficiency. Don't create dependencies. Don't build a business on other people's dependencies. I, I heard a quote the other day. I've watched Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger all the time. I don't know <laughs> big, a big fan, but um, I heard a quote and they said, Good times create weak men, weak men create hard times, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, and there goes the cycle again. And so what I really want to put emphasis on through Platform is it's been an incredibly hard sell because I'm doing things very backwards from the traditional way that you'd sell something. You know, I and I've talked to venture capitalists and I've talked to investors and the big thing, the big emphasis in technology right now is hyper niche, hyper simple. Why? Because it's an easy sell, but it doesn't create value. For example, power your car wash with text messages is something that I've actually been a part of. 
and just really disillusioned me because I'm watching a small business pay approximately, they were paying about $500 per location for a text messaging strategy. And they were on what's considered a, a shared text code. So they didn't even own anything. They didn't own their phone number. They didn't own their, they were limited in their outbound opportunity to send text messages. It was basically like a request process where you reach out to this technology provider and it's like, hey, we'd like to send a text blast. Can we do that? And he'd he'd come back and tell you if you can or you can't. And this business, at the time, they had three car washes. They've been expanding. The owners, he's a visionary. He's really great to work with. But at the same time, from the technology stance and going back to where I was talking from earlier, it's just like, we could build this if we got you on Twilio and showed you how to just be like, help you build that initial foundation. Everything that is part of this model is not necessary. You could do this exact same thing, much more opportunistic to scale for probably $500 for your entire operation. That's with text messaging expenditures, which you sometimes if you overspent or overstepped your you know limits with these guys, you'd get text message bills a la carte on top of your already just existing service. And so I, I just really see right now a I lot of a question. Definitely. Not to, not to like interrupt, but I just, I feel like I like the, uh, the trains of thought we're on right now. Well, so two parts. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Sorry. So number one, how do you make people want that? Because included in that, or because I'm sure you've thought through this, right? So yeah. the benefits of like the hyper niche hyper, it's so, so simple, blah, you know, drill, <laughs> but there's exactly. a, you keep it simple for people. The benefit would be there's no learning curve, right? You implement this, we'll do it all for you. Now, obviously mm-hmm. it's an option, right? Because then you could be an option to where if you wanted to learn, because you never want to keep education from people. So I guess I'm answering my own question to go, but how do you make people want that? And how do you make it collaborative in a way where if this guy knows the tech side and this guy knows the email side as a community, maybe even in your Colorado Springs community, how could you bring people together? Have you thought about that? Oh, hundred uh, percent. To be honest, going back to kind of just my pride and ego, just getting beat around it. You know, it's something that you can't. Like, they are going to have to feel their own pain and they're going to have to understand to be aware of what that was and why. <laughs> Whenever we see a small to medium enterprise spend $20,000 a month on some kind of marketing agency relationship, whatever it is, and you know they're driving success, again, they have a great model. We have to look back a year later, two years later and say, why was it the technology? And right now, what we're seeing a lot more so, like I've created a platform through my platform company. We basically are a no-code, low-code tool. We help bring people together with great technology. In other words, good technology. We say, these guys, they can do your memberships. These guys can do your email marketing. It all works together and we can help you package something in a way that really, really, you know, works. (laughs) That's something we see all the time is just these box models where it's like, hop into Shopify and get your business digitally transformed, you know, hop into our marketing service and take to the next level. And it will hold you for 12 years and we'll recurring revenue model growth, exit, exit, sell to people, stocks, shares, all that. Okay. I don't understand you now. So it's really just, I think we're going to see some hard times. Um, I think there's a lack of accountability in tech right now that's going to come full front. 
I think it's a big part of the great resignation. I, I mean, think about it. Why <laughs> you have all these you know, skilled workers, nurses, teachers, small business owners, all these skilled workers that what can they do other than implement technology right now? So there's this incredible excitement. There's this incredible high, you know, through with COVID and everything. It just really created this massive, I don't want to call it a bubble, but it created a big conceptual need without a conceptual or a regulated understanding. And so we're just seeing just massive. Can you explain that a little bit? I'm sorry. Oh, totally, totally. Let me put it like this. My girlfriend of nine years, she's a registered nurse. And so her biggest frustration in her job is whenever her boss or her administrator, her direct manager is also not a registered nurse. And it creates really frustrating operational agenda for her because this person who makes more than her and everything, you know, all those little concepts that just pick at you over time, they're nowhere near as accountable as she is. And so she's had the the, contra the contrasting experience of working with a nurse manager who was a registered nurse, and they can fight together. They can get in alignment. And they can fight the same fight. And so we see that in technology. You know, I'm talking about investment capitalists and people with money. They have money to just fulfill their vision. And so the actual regulatory concept of is this person getting paid on a premise of accountability? Not really. One of my biggest frustrations as I have worked with small businesses, small enterprises, and I, I use the term disillusionment. One of my biggest frustrations is to be a part of a project and hear somebody just base their entire emphasis on we have 20 plus years of experience or I have I've been doing this for 20 years. It, to me, that has become almost a, a telltale card. of <laughs> The industry's changed probably exponentially in the last two years, three years, five years, to much less be hedging the entire authority of your position on your experience over the last 20 years. Now, I'm not saying people haven't created incredible experience, but the problem is they all have, there's no regulation to say this is a computer system and this is how it should work. They've all just created their own methodologies, their own approaches, their own conflicting interpretations and they're saying, all right, this is how it works. Well, we we have people brought into this, you know, outside of the coming out of college. And obviously we have some millennials and Gen Z's much, much more computer savvy. They run their bosses. They really do. They have no accountability in the sense of they have people above them who cannot manage them with any form of, you know, mutual understanding. And that turns into lack of respect. And so then you have because I've oh, I've been in I've been in actual meetings before with kind of the C-suite and the upper echelon. And I've actually heard premises on the statement like, well, they can't make more than we do. It's just like. How can you build an economic output on the premise of entitled positional <laughs> 20 years <laughs> of experience? And so. I see that. I see. So you think it's restricting growth. You think it's, I, I, I think it's, it sounds cancerous, honestly. Well, I think, and we'll get there. I think it's creating a false sense of security is what I think it's doing. I really want to see people try 
just try hard. <laughs> you know, again, it's a hard sell. I'm asking people to experience pain, the pain that I've felt and realize, man, there, there's probably a better way to do this. And so what just really bugs me is my younger sister, I mentioned her in kind of the prelude we were doing, and she's works at a fortune 500 company. And she's like, it's all a game. She's like, we all make 120 plus thousand dollars a year. And it's just a game of just who can do the least. She gets so frustrated because she'll write tools and scripts and all of these concepts. And they'll actually be kind of pushed away by the, um, I, I don't want to go too deep into it, but the powers of management. management or even the internal team is just kind of like. To do this in three months from now so we can have <laughs> even easier jobs. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just like, guys, this premised laziness, the, this false sense of comfort that's been created around the technology sector, it just really, it really bums me. Because I, it all boiled, I, I started in small business. I started just as a graphic designer. You know, I started with my music and I was like, man, I got to do album artwork. So I learned, learned Photoshop and everything's videos for your little music videos. And finally, you get into the real world. It's like, well, you got to put this on a technology framework or all your content is meaningless. So I learned technology, you know, the web, web basics and infrastructure and that progresses into HTML, PHP, JavaScript. And, you know, you just keep learning. But with small businesses, it's not always that mentality. It really is a concept of right now kind of take what we can get because technology is, it eludes us. I was working with a business here locally the other day, and I'm trying to show them the opportunity of platform and memberships and just doing things a little bit more um, closer to heart, you know, closer to home, bottom up, not don't just take these top down, top down, just lines where you know you have no sense of assurity that it's going to hold i mean you're not building fundamental foundational concepts for your model but he had the response he's and we were talking about bj's brew house if you're familiar with a national chain and he's like well we're not bj's brew house so we can't do that and it's just like man you guys are going to have a hard hill to climb whenever this if it comes to a point so whenever i look back then it just my because I told you as we were preluding, and I was like I just I felt so selfish I felt so egotistical <laughs> in my come up and as I grew and as I just again I was like yeah small businesses can't pay me enough you know small medium enterprises they pay more life is miserable when you're working for them because it's just this balance of power and so it, I had to take a step back and I just had to be like man things are broken, in my opinion. I think things could work a lot better. I think we could see a lot more output and better alignment with the end goal and long-term success if people just put one of their best foot forward, you know, and just say, hey, we want to be a part of our technology spend. We want to be, we want to be accountable in it. We don't want to just take these fly-by-night promises of, oh, you know, one of my biggest frustrations with these businesses, they do like pay as you go models. I've run into this, you know, where it's like start at zero dollars. And then as you have success, people don't think through the concept of scaling alongside that. They own whatever percentage of your sales that you've allowed them. That just blows my mind. But people, people are so, that's such a happy medium of we're not accountable, they're not accountable, and it's supposed to, you know, promise us the world. And so we're just seeing a lot of stuff 
in the technology space just really develop, I think, around very villainized, aggressive concepts that are just trying to take advantage of, of people's intentional laziness. <laughs> I'm this not is mad. Fire, man. This is good. Well, I like this so far, man. Well, I'm not mad. I want to be lazy, right? Everybody wants to be lazy. That's a natural concept. But at the same time, like I said earlier, you're, you're going to come to a point of contention where your laziness is going to kind of, you're going to realize you missed some opportunity. Uh, you that threw some value, some cash out the window and eh, however long that can go on. Oh, I got, man. <laughs> How often these notes. So, okay, uh, let's start backwards, right? So, how often do you see people, like out of ten, like who say sign up for this this pay as you go model? Like some people are just like going to be lazy, so lazy they don't even do anything, right? But some people are going to be like they give up so much of their equity over time or right. sales that it's like I should have just bought this as you know some something else, you know? So that's why platform is so cool because yeah. it has it from the ground up as opposed to you know, this box from our overlords that, that you don't know. <laughs> we, we make a point to install things on your servers, on your physical boxes. We train you how to do it. We show you how to do it. And we make sure that, you know, through our first, we operate on a commitment. It's a flexible flat rate commitment. And so we'll say, all right, based on the discovery, you're probably going to, we're, we're going to want to be engaged, pretty high engagement levels for two months, three months. Uh, once you've got through that period, we just kind of allow you to resource us. And we usually provide about four tiers. Um, and you hold just kind of hold up on the price. Let, let me actually, because we're, we're coming there. I have these notes I wanted to make sure I get. Not <laughs> to put us into like this, but I'm just so <laughs> interested. I want to I know if I don't ask now, I'm going to think about it later, two hours later. No problem. Ask this. <laughs> so, two, um, let's talk. We're going to come back to that correct pricing model. But let's talk about what you see coming, right? Because right. and this, when you start mentioning like having your own servers and like like for example, our food. Most people don't grow their own food. Like almost nobody grows their own food. Which is like thinking like, man, how are you going to convince someone who doesn't grow their own food or it doesn't get low, doesn't doesn't participate in co-op or farmers market? Which are I live, I live in Boise, Idaho for a little while. Which is they had a cool co-op there. It was like awesome. Like they community owned. Like that was awesome. But let's talk about like how are you going to convince people who don't participate in something as cool as or something as useful as that with their food to do that with their technology? When I know both are just as useful, and maybe even this one's more useful. We can talk about that. But like, I, like, what do you think about that? It goes back to pain points. I think the technology sector is so young, especially in this emerging, you know, the as a service concept. It's incredibly perceptively affordable to a large a large extent depending again on what the nomenclature of it is but let me ask you this question if you hire an it person if you create a technology department and you pay three people hundred thousand dollars each it's three hundred thousand dollars do they make you money do they actually make your business money you know the crazy thing is if i was talking from my experience like corporate america and like you know i worked at Ernst young for a while like other businesses I would see the way I see how people see them. Now, I guess my technology background is different, but how I saw Matt or, uh, you know, we're going to won't name any names, but how I saw the bosses see them, they saw them as insurance providers. Like, okay, we're going to make sure we don't lose money. They never right. really thought creatively, like how we tap into this to make more money, which is 
something honestly, which I mean, as I, I don't even know, I do know now like different ways, but like that's a creative way. I've never thought about using it as an offensive weapon, you know, like your technology team. In my own opinion, a techno and to answer kind of my own question a little bit rhetorically, a technology comp a technology department is just a massive bottleneck. If you're not a software company, if you're a nonprofit, if you're a car wash, if you literally don't build your model on technology, we see a lot of salespeople come in and try and misconstrue the concept of what you're getting. For example, we see a lot of stuff, a lot of people talk about, oh, you need a technology department to ensure the integrity of your proprietary IP and ownership. <laughs> oh, if you're not building ground, if you're not building from the ground up, you are probably just paying people to leverage PHP frameworks, various code bases and snippets that already exist. The opportunity to pursue proprietary, like actual, um, to that be valuable in the long run, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. In my opinion, don't get me wrong. Shopify, they have proprietary information. Facebook, they have proprietary information. <laughs> Your brewery you know, local Colorado Springs brewery, the last thing you need to worry about is some big proprietary spin. You, people want the end result. They want technology to help them live better lives and do things in a healthier, happier format that they can find, you know, more peace in their business. And I think a lot of times we just see, you know, again, the technology come in, they're very sales first, very aggressive. And they're like, you need an IT person. You need an IT department. You need our service, you need this, you need that. And it, it, it solves complexity with more complexity. And people need to take a step back, you know, kind of to your point of, um, you know, growing your own food. I think that's an, a great metaphor. It, it really is that premise where uh, some people will start to see, as we see this thing just expand, they'll start to see a need to grow their own food, right? They'll, they'll make a point to be like, oh, let's, uh, you know, we got some space in the back that we could start a little garden, you know, a community, uh, you know, just potato patch, whatever it is. And I think we're going to see the same thing in technology. I think we're going to see it. A lot of people just realize these guys don't have our best interest at in mind. The only person who can have your best interest at in mind is yourself. Eventually, you know, that's going to come to a point. I, to go more macro to the answer of this, I think going again to the bottleneck of IT, I really think that, and then you're to segue into your real estate concepts. I think we're going to see a little bit of a crumbling in the technology space. Um, people who have bought very elaborate homes and live very lifestyles on the premise of they're, they have a computer science degree. <laughs> I, I don't think that that will be able to facilitate too much longer because it's like when you talk about true economic output and you're saying nurses, teachers, cornerstones <laughs> to our society, <laughs> they're getting pushed out of homes. They're getting pushed out of good neighborhoods by this up and coming tech force that's spearheaded by people above them that can't make less money than they do. And then oh, all, yeah. <laughs> all this just trickles down to a giant bill that small businesses and have to foot. And I'm not saying it's not fair. I'm saying it's not sustainable. Wow. Okay. So uh, a couple more questions here, right? So I know, uh, 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we'll come back to the pricing model later, right? What trigger, if any, do you think is something like, you know, you ever like, um, so sometimes you can see like foreseeable mistakes that you can make, like, Man, you shouldn't have been, you know, jumping all of this. We're going to eat sway on your, your skateboard going down the hill. You're going to fall. Like, right. what are some uh, foreseeable triggers that you just see that most people are turning a blind eye? So obviously. Um, I don't think the tech force realizes the economy. I don't think people realize how the economy works. I think like, you know, going back to the sense of false sense of security, false sense of comfort that they have. You know, I was. One of my buddies, I just listen to people and smile, but one of my buddies the other day, he was just like, oh, all these, all our clients are so stupid. You know, I, I'm so happy to be, have the position that I have and work where I do. And I'm like, your business, like those small businesses are your cl customers. They are your money. Like you make $150,000 a year because not to say they're suffering, but they you know, they don't on, know. Their, yeah. on, on their back, like you're making $150,000 on their back. And it, it, there's this false insecurity where, you know, you talk about if things get tough and you start to see things tightening, people spend and expenditures, you know, just people spending money slows. What What's the first thing to go in a lot of people's mind? I, I really think it's going to be as a service concepts. In other words, like, you know, we've been paying $50 a month, $20 a month, whatever it is to this massive top-down conglomerate. Eh, it was nice while it lasted, but we're going to have to do things a little differently. The instability that causes the top, you're going to just start seeing people, because right now a huge component to the technology space and being a skilled technology worker is mobility. We're seeing that with the great resignation. It's like, you don't want to pay me enough or let me work, you know, up to my lifestyle standards up the way that I want to. So I'm just going to quit and go elsewhere. You know, nobody can stop that. Like you, until the money stops coming in. And as soon as we start to see people say, all right, I don't need Shopify anymore. I'm going to, where do these people, where do these technology people who were so comfortable making a hundred thousand dollars plus a year, where do they go? How do their lifestyles change when they see that their new opportunities is 50, you know, half that. 60 like you're always going to have smart incredibly smart people that are able to do very you know impressive output and really drive true value output but right now the technology sector is just riding <laughs> i don't see it generating it's necessarily sales where i'm sitting you know i'm going down to small business and i'm trying to say how can we build things from the bottom up and there's a big disillusionment right now just in like they're like you're not accountable, you know, because no technology is accountable. And I'm like, I'd like to change that. I'd really like to help you see things differently. And they're like, well, you know, give it to us for free, like everybody else is doing. And it's just like, man, we got a hard, a hard fight ahead of us. But I, I think we'll start to go again back to that question. I think we're going to start to see some instability in the mobility of uh, at least perceived mobility of the technology sector. I mean, it, to go back to the great resignation, those concepts at play, it's really interesting. Again, the comment I made to see technology se sector workers beat out nurses, beat out, you know, 
skilled labor positions because it's it's twofold it's the the why would anybody become a nurse or a teacher you know i mean when you just look around and you're just like wow my husband works remotely and only that works 2 hours a day and makes three times as much money as i do like uh, there's there's a big disparity in output and i think a lot of it's regulation at this point i think we have you know nurses teachers have been around for so long there's great standards and great regulations that have been uh, put into effect, but whenever you just go to this wild, wild west of the technology space where it's just massive money coming in, huge capital to build huge top-down concepts, and you have you know companies that hire ten thousand technology sector workers, it, once that stops, what happens? You know, I mean, you're going to have big displacements of people, all the remote work, and everybody been so excited to move from New York and out of all these places into new family homes. I mean, I'm sure they have their backup plans and they have their contingencies, but I know at the same time, there's a lot that don't. I mean, he's driving my jams, man. Not just to say like, damn, but like, damn. You know, like, <laughs> well, I recall the interview I did just before this at an air uh, that hasn't out yet. I spoke to a guy in media. He told me at the end of the call that 1400 small businesses close every day in america yeah. after the after COVID. and if you think not just like damn that sucks it's ruining economics communities this is this but if you even thought from the technology overlord perspective that's 1400 potential users to the wear software that are gone for good and obviously new businesses will start but it's like the birth rate in america that's falling like there are things that are happening in this country right now that are not sustainable. Right. And, and this is like, I'm not gonna lie, this is not saying this is alarming, like this interview, but this is good, you know, because I haven't had anyone else saying this. Man, it, I, I think it's good too, because it, it, the point isn't to close your eyes and just come whatever force may smash you in the face, you know, the, points to, to be like, all right, what are we expecting? What are we anticipating? And that's really where I've found more so my calling, at least where I don't feel like I'm frustrated, you know, like I hate the industry that birthed me, if you will. Like I came up just like anybody else in technology, just a smart guy, straight A student with, you know, whatever inspirations ahead of him. And, you know, you're money, 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 money. And then eventually you're just kind of like, I'm not happy. <laughs> and you got to say, why am I not happy? And, you know, the great resignation is kind of driving this to a point. But I, I've been dealing with this question for, you know, three years, uh, four years. And yeah, it's, I do think it's an important topic. I do think it's an important conversation to have. I think a lot of people are just uh, acceptant of the powers that be, the trickle down economics, so to speak. And they're just like, come whatever may. It's like, <laughs> you know, there might be an opportunity to do things bottom up, you know, to build some growth tracks that aren't so dependent on just what other people tell us is going to happen. Like there is good technology. There really is. And that's what you're doing with platforms. So let me ask you this, Matt. So people who watch this episode, who are not only connecting with the idea of, wow, I could build my own infrastructure. I just need to know how, connect with Matt. 
But if you're also someone, and I can I can tell Matt's an outside the box thinker, you know, not necessarily just because uh, of the unique ways he puts concepts out, but he's he's critical, he thinks about things not just from one point of view, you know, it's not just about money, right? It's about you're gonna have kids one day, you know, you got like a lot of other things to think about, sustainability. So all that being said, if you're interested in connecting with Matt, Matt, where can people go to find out more about Platform and most importantly, you know, connect with you? Well, I'll tell you what, I wish I was more prepared for this immediate podcast. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually setting up a, a Kickstarter right now. I'm going to try and change my approach a little bit. I, I was being much too sales forward uh, in some of the initial kind of platform rollouts. And I was just like, eh, I, I was like, I'm counterintuitive to my own mission if I'm trying to go out and tell people they're wrong and I'm right. Like I said, that's where you come. Here's the thing, though: it's your experience, and that's that corporate, you know, mind control that got us. Even when you know you think differently, you just have the habits of what you used to do. Exactly, <laughs> I fell victim to that. I was like, "All right, here's how I made other people hundreds of thousands of dollars." I apply this to myself. I, I was very blessed, very lucky to work with some local consultants at the Small Business Development Center, and I always recommend if you have those resources available to use them. Uh, and and they helped me look. A little differently. They were just like, eh, Matt, if you, you know, if you think through this, you, you're just coming off a little um, impatient. And they're like, you need to be more patient to this because there's there's opportunity and you're going to find people who, you know, you can connect with and uh, share, share your concept. And that's really where I've come to. So I, I think I was just building things. I tell the venture capitalist, whenever I was pursuing them, they were like, you're, you're so backwards. Like you need to have beautiful sales material, a beautiful pitch deck, you know, a beautiful, all these beautiful content, then come to us and then we'll pay you, you know, to actually build it. Whereas from my perspective, I've been building this for the last four years. And now I'm like, damn, it's not pretty enough. <laughs> Just the content, like, it's like, I don't have a pitch deck, you know, I don't have all these little niceties that get people's eyes popping as you're going through this, you know, feed and, Oh, there's that little promoted ad that yeah, you click on one out of every 50 if they, you know, we work, it. you know, yeah. like. And so, yeah, right, right now I'm taking a little bit of a step back. Uh, I got to skateboard this morning. I was very happy about that. And, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's more the route I'm trying to take. I'm, I'm going to pursue a Kickstarter um, for a platform. And then I'm also on COS Brews. It's a local platform that I've created trying to get off the ground here. And again, a bottom up initiative and something that I think we can be accountable. I think it's an accountable technology concept that we can, we can meet in person and I could say, all right, breweries, you know, how's this working for you? How are we going to do it better? You know, who do you have a technology opportunity company with that? If you're not paying them $20,000 a month, like, so I, there's some I'm, I'm building some cool stuff and I don't want to be impatient with it so I really enjoy this opportunity you know talking with you and just getting the word out that, that's what I'm trying to do right now just put a put out the kind of that little thought that little idea that meh, maybe there is another way to kind of approach these problems and again once once we see people say man I'm frustrated like I I thought that I had the solution. You know, I thought that this company, this technology provider, this was going to be it. Once you take a step back and you say, all right, it, we, we just have to pursue our model. Breweries, they just want to brew beer. They just want to have great, ex, you know, events and 
have fun experiences. That's why they're small business owners. A car wash owner, he just wants to see people happy. You know, families coming and going through his walk. Like technology should help facilitate that. It should help people be like you specialize in technology. They specialize in what they do. And right now there's just a big, big muddled mess. And I think people are going to start to be more aware of it. I think any brewery listens to this, you know, uh, hit me up. You know, I like breweries. <laughs> what kind of beer you like? Oh, uh, man, I have to tell, let me tell you off air because uh, my best sponsorships. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> now, that being said, Matt, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. In the link below, it'll have a link to both Platform and Matt's uh, LinkedIn. That way you can connect with them. Otherwise, Matt, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. Uh, maybe we'll talk again one day. One day soon. <laughs>